Welcome to the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast, a show that is dedicated to educating you on applying science-based training, nutrition, and mindset strategies from some of the top minds in the industry to help you build a leaner, stronger, and more confident self. I'm your host, Jeff Hain. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Mind Muscle Connection podcast. Today is a Q&A episode and I have three questions I'm going to answer. But first, I'm just going to go over a few ways you can help support the podcast. So first, I have my online coaching program. So if you are sick of just focusing on weight loss and instead want a body recomp, then my one-on-one online coaching program is for you. So I hope you lose body fat and build muscle with my body recomp training, nutrition, and lifestyle methods. We look at things like your lifestyle and biofeedback to individualize your training and nutrition program to you and your specific needs. There's also at least one or two bottlenecks that I see that are keeping you from seeing the results you want to see. So we dive into that and get that figured out. If you're not interested in the full coaching, I do one-on-one consultations where we troubleshoot any issues you have, any questions you have, and or we map out a game plan for what your next couple months need to look like or anything like that. Lastly, if you're not interested in either of those things and you just want more information on body recomp, I have my 75-minute masterclass on body recomp, what it is, how to do it, and you can find the link to that in the show notes. And then lastly, if you like my content, you can follow me on Instagram, Jeff, H-O-E-H-N, underscore. And that's where I'm most active on social media. So with that out of the way, let's dive into today's question. So the first question I have is how to program different rep ranges for all the muscle groups and movements. How I took this question was we talk about different rep ranges and how it's beneficial for hypertrophy. And the research, they show that like anywhere from five to 30 reps will get you muscle growth. So long as you take things close to failure. Okay. Let's say you're trying to apply that. Hey, I would like to, maybe I'm like confined to just one rep range. I just work in like the six to 10. I just work in like the six to 12, whatever it may be. So you want to expand that out a little bit. And so it's like, how do you go about doing that? So I think the the first thing here is finding exercises that work best in certain rep ranges. I don't think that every exercise, so I think you can take this a couple of ways. People can hear that and think, Oh, I need to train every exercise I do in multiple rep ranges. And that's probably not the case. Again, I think if you were to split up your, how many exercises you did, you just want to, the different exercises you do, you just want to spread it out throughout those rep ranges. So in saying that, I think certain exercises are going to lend themselves better to certain rep ranges. Something like a, a if you have back squat in your program, that's probably not going to be great in that like 10 to 20 rep range, maybe on the lower end of the tens, but anything over 12 reps, man, that's a lot to do for back squat. Anything that has like a large stability component to it, I think it does not lend itself well over 10 to 12-ish reps. So again, bent over rows, any form of deadlifting, things like that. I think there's better options out there. So I think the first thing here to make note is that Don't look at it from you need to train every exercise in every rep range. It's a muscle group, right? So like for triceps, that's probably not a great one, but for triceps, right? Your close grip bench press, maybe that's going to be in the like six to 10 rep range, your dips, six to 10 rep range, push down variations that use either cable or something like that. That can be more in like the 10 to 20 rep range, right? Uh, Again, your leg presses, your squats, stuff like that's going to be in that six to 10, eight to 12 rep range, leg extensions, lunges, maybe you can go upwards of. 12 to 20 reps on that. Again, certain rep ranges are, or certain exercises are going to lend themselves better to certain rep ranges. So keep that in mind. But so with that out of the way, let's talk about how we would do this. So let's say you have four exercises for a muscle group in one week that you're doing. Okay. Honestly, I find that anything more than three to four exercises for one muscle group throughout an entire week, 
might be a little bit too much, right? So I, I did post this question on my Instagram. How many exercises do you do per muscle group? And I did one, it was like one to two, three to four, five to six, seven plus. And I had a few people that were at five to six and seven plus. And I just think that's a little bit too much, right? Like your quality needs to be improved. So I think, and also from that standpoint, if you are doing that many exercises, it's where are you going to, you're basically throwing everything on the table and that's, you're not going to ever have this variation because you're, you're trying to do too many different exercises at one time. So what I mean by that is for seven exercises of a muscle group, it's like you're doing, you're just doing everything that you can. So it's like, how do you ever transition out of that and do different exercises, right? Because I think that after a while you do one exercise and it's maybe you, let's say there's seven exercises you can do for one muscle group at any one time you have three to four in your program. And then you just cycle some of those out, right? I think that can be a great way to go about it. And it keeps things fresh. But if you're doing seven plus exercises or workout, it's like, you're going to be throwing everything on the table there and you're likely to get burnt out. And to me, it'll be tougher to progress to those lifts. So that was the first thing there. So let's say we're going to go with four exercises for a muscle group in one week. I find that's probably best for most people. So what you would do here is, you know, for one exercise, you could do the five to eight rep range on one exercise, right? So this is going to be more your compound exercises, things that lend themselves better to that five to eight rep range for that muscle group, right? So again, with the leg example, you might do your back squats as your five to eight leg press, hack squat, whatever that may be. For another, you could do like the six to 10 rep range. Okay. So you pick another exercise, you do that in the six to 10 rep range. For another, you could do eight to 12. And then another, you could do something like the 12 to 20 rep range. Okay. So now we have, we're training all the muscle groups all the way from five to, or all the exercises from five to 20 reps. Each exercise is biased towards one part of the rep range. Okay. And then what you would do from there is you would split these up into two separate sessions throughout the week. And it doesn't necessarily have to be two. It could be three. It, it just depends. It could be one, probably not one. That's probably not going to be great. So I do recommend, you know, trying to hit each body part about two times a week. I think that's a good rule of thumb. And then from there, you can adjust based on recovery. If you're specializing in a certain muscle group, et cetera. So that's how you would do that. So you'd split it up into two separate sessions. So you might do like the five to eight rep range and the eight to 12 one day, and then you might do six to 10 and 12 to 20 another day. So you have options there on how do you do it. And it's also going to be determinant on what else you're training in those sessions, what your priority is, things like that. So that's how I would do it. Again, it doesn't have to be every exercise needs to be in different rep range. It's just, you just want to take that muscle through multiple rep ranges for most. And maybe it's something where most of the time you're just in that five to 15 rep range and you're divvying up the exercises through that five to 15 rep range. And then maybe from time to time, you go to that upwards of 20 reps. Again, it's the right exercise. We just want a little variation for that muscle group. Then you would do add in something like 12 to 20. So that's how I would do that. So let me know if you guys have any questions on that. I thought that was a great question. And yeah, you can reach out with any questions there on that. So next we have issues with snacking, feeling hungry late at night, top tips to help this. Yeah. So this is definitely a problem for sure. So I think at the top of the list here, the very first thing is just keep it out of sight and just don't have tempting foods in the house. I think if you have control over that and you can do that, that's the first thing you need to do. If there's foods that you tend to gravitate towards at night when you're hungry and you snack on them, the best thing you can do there is just not have it in the house. But I understand for some people that is tougher if they have family partners that that want to have that type of food in the house. You know, that, that would be the first thing. Keep it out of sight, right? Don't be around it. Try to not... So let's say you, you're if you do have control, just don't have it in the house. Next, if it has to be in the house, try to put it in areas that you're not going around regularly. I think the more you see something, the more you're going to, it's going to be ingrained in your head to, to have some of that. If you can put it in the pantry somewhere or hide it somewhere else, or again, somewhere where you're not 
you know, frequent very often, then do that as well too. The next thing is maybe look at what your habits are at night. If you find that it's like you do a certain thing and then you like you're sitting down eating or you're sitting down watching TV and that's what try to change up your routine a little bit and see if that can help. Whether that be like, okay, instead of just sitting down and watching TV for three hours, I'm going to read for an hour or 30 minutes. I'm going to walk for 20 minutes. Try to find other things that you can do night there with that. Maybe it's plan your day. Maybe it's like you, you, you write down your thoughts, journal, plan the next day, whatever it may be. You do some breath work, something that I think just changes up your routine a little bit, I think can be helpful there. So that's being proactive. Now on the reactive standpoint, Doing things like, okay, if you do start to get hungry, again, as I say, now you go for a walk, you go and do 10 pushups, 10, 20 squats. Do you journal stuff down? So, hey, you know what? Now I need to go plan. Or I think at that point, when you're being a little bit more reactive, just getting yourself out of that train of thought and doing something completely different, I think can help there. So that would be the next thing I would do on that. So the next thing would be eat more filling nutrient-dense meals at dinner. So if you're finding that you're getting hungry late at night, pay attention to what you're eating at dinner. So this is where it's, am I just eating more like processed type food? So if you can switch that and switch to more nutrient dense meals, again, lean sources of protein for carbs, we're talking rice, quinoa, beans, oats, potatoes, right? Obviously veggies, some fruits. If you can add some nutrient dense foods to the meals, I think that will help you stay full and you won't be as hungry. Cause I think the big thing is if you can do those things I just talked about there, it's like, now you're really setting yourself up, see what you're doing, what your meals look like. in the one before you start to get super hungry. Cause that could tell you a lot there where you just need to change things up a little bit, replace snacks with calorie free beverages. So if you can find drinks that you like that don't have any calories in them, I think that can be a good kind of substitute there. Again, if it's just something you want a little bit of taste again, finding something that's calorie free and that could be a good replacement there. For example, Things like Zevias, I think those are awesome. They can taste pretty good. They don't have any calories in them. They can crave your sweet tooth potentially, right? So either find calorie-free beverages or find snacks that are going to be less calorically dense, I think can be helpful there as well. And now here's a big one that people don't think about. And this again, just is going to, we're going to zoom out and we're going to think ahead here. And this one is way ahead. So this is early in the day. Eat larger meals earlier in the day and high protein meals earlier in the day. Make sure it's not necessarily higher protein, but make sure you're hitting about 30 to 40 grams ish in the morning for your protein. Because this has been shown to decrease hunger later in the day for some people. Now this isn't going to work for everybody, but having more meals early in the day can help lower hunger levels throughout the day. So by make you know, because the big mistake people make is they're like, oh, I really like my food late at night. So what they do is they don't eat a lot of food throughout the day. Then they get super hungry. And then it's like, no wonder you're not eating food throughout the day. And so again, it can sound counterintuitive, but if you can s- switch that and put and bias more of your food to earlier in the day, that can be something that helps there. So w- with this, just realize this is going to be something that is probably going to take time. You may do well at it for a couple months and then you start to revert back into old habits. Things start to creep back up. But again, if you can start to limit how often it happens, you're heading in the right direction. You're not going to be perfect. You're not just going to all of a sudden never do it. But again, I think if you do these things that can really help you uh, manage that, that time late at night. And I guess another thing you could potentially do too, but this again, doesn't necessarily help with snacking, feeling hungry is setting some sort of cutoff for food. Okay. I'm not going to eat after seven or eight or whatever it may be. And again, shifting more of your food to earlier in the day, I think can be helpful there. So again, if you guys have any questions on that, let me know. All right. So last question of the day is I have an endurance background worried about my cardio going down in a building phase. So this person obviously wants to put on some muscle. They know they might need to gain a little bit of weight or again, maybe not necessarily have like their lowest scale weights. Their weight's going to come up a little bit here. They're going to have a period of time where they eat a little bit more food. 
So your performance in your cardio sessions may decline slightly for a bit from being at a higher body weight. Okay. So that's the first thing. If you're at a higher body weight, your cardio endurance performance might go down a little bit. You're just at a higher body weight. So that makes sense. Okay. So during that period of time, things are going to just naturally just slow down there. But the problem is people think that's like permanent now, right? Anytime we're doing something, it's, oh, hey, this is where I'm at right now. So this is permanent, but it's like, you can change these things. And uh, and the, the next point I'm going to make also plays a big role. So just realize you're at a higher body weight to so your, your endurance probably isn't going to be as great as it was five, 10 pounds ago either. Again, is it going to make a massive difference? It just depends on where you're at, how much of that weight that you're gaining is muscle versus fat. I think those are all going to be things, but again, a larger body is going to be a little bit tougher to move around. But the other big thing as to why it's likely going to go down a little bit is you're just deep deprioritizing your cardio. You're not actively working on it, okay? And that's a big thing that people don't realize. Like they think that if they put a lot of work into something, they get there, like they should always just be there. But you know, just like anything, if this was a sport, somebody that practices it regularly and that's like their main thing, that's the main thing they do, they're going to be better at it and maintain that skill better than somebody who is maybe for a couple months or something like that is not, that's not at the top of their focus, right? They're still going to be good. They're still going to have it, but they're just not going to be at tip top performance at that point in time. Right. So, so you have to keep that in mind, but realize this is only temporary. The cardio will come back if you prioritize it again and, and it will improve at lower body weights. Okay. So the big thing here is once you allocate more resource, resources to that cardio, it's going to go back up and it will probably, and it will come back fairly quick. But at this point, like you just need to weigh out what's most important to you goal-wise. Is it is maintaining that high level of cardio super important to you and seeing it go down at all is just not acceptable, then you have to weigh that out of, okay, here's what I'm willing to do. You might hurt muscle growth a little bit or whatever it may be, but you just have to, you have to figure out what's most important to you. I think that's where too many people go wrong with fitness is they want everything at one time. They want it quick and, but they don't realize that you, you can't just have everything that there's certain things like if that were the case, everybody would just be good at everything and we wouldn't be having this conversation at all. But again, you can't be good at everything. The body can only do so much. I, I bring this up a lot. This is the equivalent of a video game where you create your own player or character where like you can't have them be good at every single thing. There has to be a give and take. So if you want to be good at like speed, you might not be as endurant, right? So same type of concept there. Just to go a little bit deeper into this, from my understanding of cardio performance, it's a lot like muscle. Okay. So with muscle, you build it. Once you have it, it's a lot easier to maintain it. Once you have it, you can get away with a lot less to maintain that. Now, obviously the more muscle you have, the longer you like, the more muscle you have, the higher the maintenance is for that. Right. But you're not all of a sudden going to lift weights, build muscle, and then dial back from 10 sets to three sets. And all of a sudden you're going to lose all your muscle. You're still going to maintain, but obviously the more muscle you have, the more you have to do to maintain that. It might go down a little bit, but it's not ever just going to completely go away because you're doing less. And then if you do have a period of time where you deprioritize building muscle and maybe you lose just a tiny bit, again, maybe you have a month where you were injured or something went on. It's like, maybe you lost a little bit, but it just comes back super fast. It comes back way quicker than it does putting it on. So same thing with cardio. You can get away with less than you think to maintain once you have it. Now, again, if you're training for a marathon or something like that, and you dial back the how much you're doing. It's like, yeah, you're probably not going to be able to run a marathon in your best time, but it's like, you can still do it. it. might be a little bit tougher, but it's not like all of a sudden your cardio just completely goes away unless you don't do any of it. And so it comes back quickly if you do lose it. So any amount you do lose, once you start to ramp things back up again, it will come back up. But to progress, you need to push it over time. So, you know, again, you can't maintain it. You can't be doing, if you're, if you are prioritizing muscle growth and you decrease the amount of cardio that you're doing, you're not going to progress 
at that lower amount, but you are still going to maintain what you have and whatnot. And even if you do lose a little bit, and again, that's just from not prioritizing it, once you go back to training that way, it's going to come back quicker. Now to progress, you will have to really push it again at that point. So during building phases, it's probably best to deprioritize cardio health. Again, you still want to do some. I think people hear that and they're like, oh, so I shouldn't do any cardio at all. No, you still should do some, like that's important, but you need to prioritize building muscle and strength instead. And realize that the biggest reason you are decreasing in your cardio is being at a slightly higher body weight and just simply not prioritizing it. You can take the same thing here for people like powerlifters. Powerlifters are so scared to, or people who are focused on max strength, they're so scared to to get, get away from that, that they end up hurting themselves long-term because they're like trying to maintain their absolute best performance at all times. Like you can take this concept with weight loss. People, they get themselves into trouble long-term because they want to be their absolute lowest weight. 24 7 365 and they end up hurting themselves long term because of what they're trying to do because they're trying to maintain this they can't ever they feel like if they take a step back from their best they're just everything's just going to go in the shitter and they're going to lose everything they have but same thing with weight loss same thing with endurance it's like you're not going to be able to maintain peak performance your best 24 7 365 you might need to work on other things at that point and same thing with like powerlifting too and even building muscle right people that maybe they built their most muscle they ever had. And it's like, they, they want to keep it at that all the time. I think that's probably a little bit easier than weight loss. But again, you get my point here that if you're not prioritizing certain things, they will come down a little bit, but once you have it, you've worked hard to get it. It will come back fairly quickly once you prioritize that again. So hopefully that was helpful there. Hopefully that gave you some insight onto if you're somebody that, you know, Hey, you're an endurance background, you do need to build a little bit of muscle and, but you're scared to do that because of, you know, seeing your performance drop again, don't be worried about that. So that's it for this episode. Hopefully that was helpful. If you guys have any questions, as always, you can reach out. That's it for now. I'll talk to you guys next time. Thank you for listening. If you want more free content like this, follow me on Instagram at jeffh91 underscore or visit jhhealth.net. See you next time.